This is ranked number two as uh, <laughs> the most, as the second most popular film when searching for answering the door shirtless. Wife and daughter, you like? Oops, the dead. Everybody and welcome back to Uncaged Radio in the Morning with me, your host Benny P, and the Fish Man. Coming at you live from the studio. Dan, we're here to talk about the exciting new release of a hit new Nicolas Cage movie, Between Worlds, and I would love if you'd tell me some more about it. It's the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> That's his signature yin yang energy we're bringing to you this evening, folks. That's Benny P, <laughs> and the Fish Man. I feel like if I wasn't so hungover, I'd be angry about Fishman. <laughs> I figured we've been, we've sort of fast forwarded our podcast host careers a little bit here. This is our 90th, I think, episode. This is, yeah, this is day 90. This is our 90th time we've done this. And some podcasts that released an episode, I mean, if you did one a week, this would take you well over a year to to arrive at this point and i figured what podcast doesn't exist that's done the wacky crazy radio introduction so if anything that was just a rite of passage but it's great to be here as benny p and the fishman fishman. come on (laughs) Uh, so you're hungover today that's wicked i'm I'm really stoked very very badly violently hung over so you actually gave me a little heads up on that yesterday this is probably full disclosure here the longest we've gone from watching a film to recording talking about it is it's i would happily leave it longer yeah yeah. oh don't get me wrong my friend i'm right there with you but we're we're pushing six o'clock the evening this has probably been over 24 hours since uh, I watched this film and I think you ended up watching it a couple hours later on. I was very excited for you to watch it um, and maybe you'll elaborate on why. I know it involves one of your favourite elements of any Nicolas Cage performance. So yeah, we, we're coming at this a bit rustier than normal. I've got a load of notes as per usual, but a lot of them I don't really understand what they mean looking at them. So it'll be fun to try and decode this message alongside with you, Dan. Okay. Um where do you want to start? Should we start by just going in and just reminding people how ridiculous this film's concept is? Yeah, yeah, give us a refresher. So I'm just going to go back to the synopsis that we already gave. So Nick Cage plays a character called Joe. Joe meets a mother who can contact spirits when suffocating. <laughs> Her daughter is... It's so ridiculous. I hate this film so much, Ben. I, I, mate, I'm right there with you. Like, not even a lot of the ones we watch kind of have that. Okay, I can see the concept was interesting, but they just didn't nail the execution. But this was this was like just a really really bad film. Every single sentence of this synopsis: her daughter is dying when Joe helps the mother spiritually contact the daughter and save her. Unfortunately, the spirit in the daughter's body is now that of Joe's dead wife. That is unfortunate. Yeah, sucks to suck. <laughs> Bloody hell. It was... And so I neither of us went in with high hopes for this at all, I think no. it's fair to say. 
And we had this real idea that after there was going to be like a nice build up to when like Mandy came back around and then he was just going to be on top of the world. And the reality is the build up to Mandy was essentially shocking. And at the moment after he finished making Mandy, he just got, just dived straight back to this shocking world of fucking shit films. And it's it's just like we've experienced in the past with him, to be honest. I mean, at this point, I we can only blame ourselves for not recognising his patterns because he's done this before where he goes really big on a performance, but he's clearly been biding his time to have that energy in him in the first place. And there's a recovery period after the fact as well. So, I mean, it's it's a shame. Don't get me wrong, especially from the soaring hinds of... Teen Titans go to the movies. Oh man, I enjoyed that so much more. I would have watched that three more times in a row yeah. than watched this one more time. Definitely, it's it's literally just reminiscing about this film makes me not even want to watch Spider Man. Right, I know, and that's that's bleak because that's also like a, a highlight of this this reel. That this got, is yeah. we got Spider Man into the Spider Verse up next, and that's the highest uh, ranked film that Nicolas Cage has ever been in as far as user reviews go. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure we'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it about how well it actually does in box office but I imagine it's a huge hit it would have to right. be sure. um, this on the other hand it made I'm not even going to give you the guess uh, it made a worldwide gross of $146,000 yeah that is no one um, was excited for Between Worlds I'd this say that's a... probably about 140000 too much yeah I mean almost most annoyingly about this one is it, it was so readily available to watch on Netflix. Oh yeah, this is on Netflix. Any anyone can watch this, and you absolutely should. Um, if you're looking, if you're if you're starting to feel like the virus, the coronavirus is starting to let up, and you're starting to feel a bit safer, maybe watch this. It will make you never yeah. want to leave your house again. Just 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 remember, it it could happen to anyone. <laughs> could happen to you. Oh God, what a crock of shit! I I can't get past talking about anything other than. Imagine, imagine you're in a meeting. Imagine, imagine you have to bring this film to Nicholas's cajuns, and you sit there and just go. It's kind of like that thing we had with Next, where it's kind of like a budget superpower, where she can contact the dead, but only when they're dying and only if she's getting choked. What a Ugh. fucking rubbish power! Honestly, yeah, that sucks. It's just garbage. It's just total fucking garbage. I don't know but, what else I'm supposed to say about this film. But what is the, why, there's not a single redeeming Cage factor. Gets involved in this. Probably because he fact. was promised upwards of 30 sex scenes. Well, yeah. I mean, you've really, you've really cut to the core of this film, huh? Oh, I mean, it, it cut to the core of me, mate. I wasn't planning on drinking that heavily uh, last <laughs> night until I saw this. And uh, this honestly just completely ruined my day. Potentially, this film has potentially ruined my year. I think this has been amongst everything that's happened this year between the pandemic between my knee surgery and not being able to walk this is this film is the worst thing that's happened to me this year <laughs> you're a person that has gone on record a lot of times of saying you cannot hack a nick cage sex scene and this <sighs> film is non-stop it's 20 the most we've seen maybe- since Zanderley. and it's honestly it was just it was just upsetting because he it's looks, just looks the frequency so shit of them as well and the length of them there's like a montage of sex scenes at one point that didn't that didn't need to happen. Like imagine like a Rocky training montage, but just Nick Cage just fucking going in. I, I you don't need to see it. It's three horrible. different blonde women. That's 
And, and, and let's be real about what he's doing here. He's got with the the mum of this uh, daughter who's in a, in a coma, who she then saves, and then he starts sleeping with her daughter because he gets convinced that that's actually his wife. But then if that wasn't enough, they had to keep showing you flashbacks to him having sex with his wife. Yeah, so he's having sex with his wife, also having sex with the daughter, but at the same time, to keep it undercover to begin with, also having sex with his... How would you say that? His his wife's mum that isn't his wife's mum because it's actually the daughter's mum. This is fucked and not even in an intelligent way. This is just rubbish. It probably would have made quite a good, interesting porno, but they just didn't really commit in the right way. Oh, I've never been more flaccid. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think there's the market needs to come back around on that, surely, and just like high concept, big storyline, powerful acting, pornography. And this this could have been pathmaker for all of that, but they just they just didn't get that far in it, unfortunately. They chickened out. I would opt to never watch pornography again if it meant I had to I could never see this film again. I'd 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 happily take the sacrifice. I'm just not to be honest, I'm not sure if I ever want to watch any medium of, of television or film again. <laughs> any moving I, honestly, image. I feel like I've been so cheated out of my time by this that I just don't think I'll ever trust again. This to me is honestly this is the worst one we've had yet. Ninety the ninetieth film in his fucking shit show of a career has just completely floored me with how bad he could possibly be. Yeah, there's just not really any redeeming factors I found to this film. It was it was really difficult to watch. Well I'll tell you what, mate, why don't we be nice to Nikki? Oh Lord. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, um I I'd go in if you want. Um I think the fashion that he brings to this is Right. I'm not going to say good. I'm going to say iconic. You know, we, we get the uh, we, we. This is clearly a man who likes gaiters. You know what I mean? He's he's got the crocodile shoes. He's got the gaiter. I shirt. mean, the first time we see Nick Cage enter the entire scene after there's an intro and it's basically a montage of a girl drowning is we just see a snakeskin boot come stomping into a puddle. We know this guy's a bad boy. Yeah, it's just it's just straight off the bat. It sets it, and then. There's just an obnoxious amount of scenes throughout this film where he's just wearing that same horrible, like, dirty T-shirt. It's like sort of gravy stains all down it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just just got a big crocodile head on it. <laughs> and through... Um, for... uh, I mean, shout out to him reminding us all of Crocodile's Cage, gone but not forgotten. Yeah, he'll nev- never be forgotten. But um, hopefully this film will. Snakeskin boots, leather jacket, dirty T-shirt trucker hat shark tooth necklace greasy long hair patchy beard ring on every finger big belt buckle wearing motherfucker felt like he did everything possible visually to make sure he didn't have to bother acting right yeah it's perfectly put he was just like my outfit tells the story yeah because my acting definitely doesn't oh god this fucking film but yeah, there's um, uh, at least two or three of the scenes in this is just spent with Cage just in that uh, that gator shirt uh, with some weird little underpants on. Yeah, banana hammock. Yeah, it's just too much. I mean, good for Nick. He's getting a lot more confident with his body, namely his thighs and groin area. With, it felt like his early career, up until maybe he was... Like you know, up until he was thirty, he was all about getting his torso out. He was all ripped. the upper body, yeah. Then he remained covered the between his kind of like thirties and forties, and now he's got this absolute raging dad bod. So he's just like, I guess I'll just get my legs out in every film. He's still got a young man's legs though. <laughs> oh, God. I know I've said it repeatedly, Ben, but I can't stress enough how much I hate this film. <laughs> it honestly, it's just upset me. 
just to add to your point and sort of a bit of trivia I did my own research on, I should uh, add to the IMDb and probably be the only person to leave any sort of trivia on this. But uh, I liked that uh, the trucker hat he's wearing says Turkey and the Wolf on it, which is a diner in New Orleans where we know Nicolas Cage likes to spend a lot of time. So I can only assume huh. he was basically giving a shout out to his homies and that. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I like that. A bit that. of a backhanded compliment. Um, well, another thing that I like where it kind of like um, brings you out of the film and back into the real world. Do you remember when he's reading? Uh, obviously, it's during sex because half of the film takes place during oh sex. Oh my god! He's reading right. from a memoir, which is literally titled "Memoirs by Nicolas Cage." Is it? Yeah. Is this supposed to be his own diary when he's just? And it's all smart. It's all just horrible, dirty talk about different places around the world where he's banged his wife. I didn't even spot that. That's crazy. It's horrible. And yeah, you're right. I don't. I don't even want to repeat some of uh, the things he was saying. But he talks about certain throbbing parts of his body, and it was just a bit much. No, I don't. I don't want to relive it. I think I want to be nice to Nikki. Hmm. This one maybe is a bit of a reach. Where. He, I'm led to believe that Joe has at least light but psychic powers because he gets invited back to Julie's place. Julie is the mum of the, of the girl who is in the coma that then goes on to become Cage's wife. Anyway, let's not talk about the story anymore. He gets invited into her place, her place for some coffee and then there's this quick sort of like, he sees the future briefly, which is them together on a sofa and him taking his clothes off and then a one second basically one frame of them having relations and do you think this is the sequel to next oh my god yeah that's what happens to him his powers have dwindled <laughs> but uh, he was perfectly able to predict what her living room would look like uh, and you know when it cuts to the scene and then they are there it's exactly as he envisioned and I thought that was very impressive uh, and then scarily enough his vision comes true and I couldn't believe it exactly as he'd imagined um, scary stuff let's talk about the I'm not going to call it a twist let's talk about the end of this film where we right. see Nicolas Cage's character as a child kill his dad and this is as the film the film has already ended this adds nothing to it it's supposed to be this big twist have I missed something is this more relevant than we I... need to get Schrader on the phone because someone needs to re-edit this film because all the scenes are in the wrong order there's like don't trust Schrader with anything. It's right such now. yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, no, I, not I, after I just, what he did last time. I don't want to go through that again. I get it's like a played out trope, but like having glimpses of a flashback come in a bit more mysteriously through a film is way more interesting. But what this does is it has beginning scene, which is the mum that can see into the future or whatever her stupid fucking power is. That's the scene at the beginning. Then it has the movie. And then at the very end, there's just a whole scene of Nick Cage's character when he's younger shooting his dad. Is that just supposed to set up Cage's character and why he's so cold in this? Or but he's not even that cold. That's the weird thing about that, it. This is why I didn't understand. Was that supposed to be hinting that his when his dad died... I, I was trying to read into it more. And more. I was like, there's got to be something more to this. Otherwise, why would you put it there? And I was trying to think, is there a part where Cage's dad has actually inhabited Cage... And he's just this horrible bastard. Interesting. But I don't know if Joe is a horrible character. That's what was... He's pretty fucking horrible to me. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. He's de disrespectful to the audience. But it's just... I don't know, man. He, I didn't get what he was doing with this character at all. He's sort of this happy-go-lucky guy, but then he's so easily convinced to 
like kill a couple dudes. Oh god. So strange. And he like abandons his trucking job for three days just to like look after this stranger and his daughter, which is quite a nice compassionate thing to do and he immediately goes to the aid of when he at the beginning sees Julie getting choked in this toilet stall he just like bangs the guy out but it's it's confusing that he's also so cold and distant because when Julie asks him like do you have a family do you have wife and kids he goes oops they're dead <laughs> it's what? just so ridiculous the whole way through yeah it just his choices are so strange and I think Cage just didn't want to be in this at all I think that's so evident so he's just everything feels really one take the choices he makes are kind of wacky but he was told he couldn't go too overboard but it just doesn't make any sense to the character this is a shit script uh, we've got shit acting it's not even shot nicely um, I'll call out a couple of uh, companies here we've got Rise Up did production for this and we've got um, Sabin Films Roadshow Entertainment Front Row Filmed Entertainment Film and TV House Gem Entertainment Film Major Happy Net Euro Video Lionsgate Thunderbird Releasing Anarchy Post Digital Post Services Katrina One PR Moxbeed Media and Visual Icon I will never be watching any of your works ever again yeah. The lot of you. This is a warning to anyone. If you see any of those names pop up, the chances are you're about to watch just fucking 90 minutes of pure shit. There's a great line of this where Cage is smoking a joint with Julie and he goes, Mmm, beautiful weed. Oh, it's... <laughs> I don't know what to... You know, we've we've spoken before about um, some of the IMDb keywords that it gives you to kind of search for films. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'd wonder if you'd like to have a guess at any of the ones that appear here. Um, mystery. No. Cuckold. No. Uh, I guess uh, it's it's not not miles away. Um, the plot keywords that you'll you'll find us for if you're searching for films that contain kinky sex, sex scene, truck driver. I mean, those are my first free searches <laughs> for things normally. Um, <laughs> male in underwear. And bare-chested male. Wow. I mean, you wouldn't be disappointed if you search for those things. Credit where it's due. Oh, you, you'll also find it if you search for answering the door shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> I want a film where I see a gentleman answer the door with absolutely no T-shirt in sight. This is ranked number two as uh, <laughs> the, most, this is the second most popular film when searching for answering the door shirtless. I've got to know what number one is. Uh, white men can't jump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is... Uh, let's call this for what it is. There was going to be a cage match, but Joe sets himself on fire in this. That's a scene that, in lieu of cage match, let's just discuss that scene a bit. Flame on. Uh, how did, did you want to start with the CGI or how just how ridiculous the whole premise is? The, just, I don't... Why does he put a cigarette out on himself? Yeah, so Joe needs to light a cigarette at the end because he's... He's a badass. He basically opens a jack-in-the-box and it scares him so much he cries and loses his mind. And then he's crawling around the house saying, maybe Sarah. It's Sarah, but it just gets... Sarah? Yeah, it just turns Sarah? more and more into just two unknown syllables of just garbage. He dares himself not to let his lips touch the entire time. It was very impressive, quite frankly. Sarah? 
And uh, yeah, then for some reason he goes into the other room of the house he had with his family when they were around, and then he pours a load of petrol on himself. Don't know why there's a. Let, let's let's quit, let's what he's got. So whilst whilst he's doing this, one room over, someone his what his wife gets shot, or is it, or no shoots the mum. Right. Yes. And then, so he. This is all happening like a gunshot in the other room, or like you know, all this stuff's happening. Dave just let him walk off. He it's not. He doesn't really go through a door. It's like an open plan bit, so they can see what he's doing. And they all just stand there and just kind of loiter for like maybe two and a half minutes. They must just be stood there because we see them walk out after he's on fire, saying nothing, just watching him pour gasoline over himself. Yeah, he covers himself in gasoline. Lights up a lighter, is completely on flame. His Ghost Rider training comes in because he doesn't flinch, doesn't feel a, th- a thing. He gets out a cigarette, lights it off of his own head, takes one drag, stubs it out on his chest, and then, I guess, dies? I hope so. Right. I mean, I don't know if we see that, but it's... Because he didn't seem bothered by the flames at all. It was the most enjoyable part of this film for me. I've got to say... I, I enjoyed watching that a lot. Very similar to that scene in Kick-Ass where we got to see him get set on fire. That's happened to him more often than not, hey? Well, Wicker Man, yeah. uh, Kick-Ass, now, now Between Worlds. Was there I any others? Did he, um, how, did he die in G-Force? No, Speckles <laughs> is just sort of... Oh, uh, no, that was the track that he got put in the back of the, the garbage van. Right, that's, that's right. I don't think even Speckles could avoid flames. Um, is there any other any others where he dies in a fire, or is this just wishful thinking? Um, I mean, getting no, deep fried is pretty close. Yeah, it's it's certainly not far away. Uh, I, I mean, more than most actors that I'm aware of, this man has perished due to overexposure to flames numerous times. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. That's a fair way of putting it. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't think we need to even dabble into the world of cage match. This is this is five nil to Red Miller. There's not a single thing about Joe. Yeah, it it probably is, and that's as that's testament to how powerful Joe is. But or, sorry, try again. How powerful Red is, but also just what a kind of nothing character Joe is. I appreciate that Cage is trying to bring something to this awful film where like no one is showing well, up. Well, he doesn't really show up until the last scene where he just all of a sudden goes full cage but in a direction that doesn't fit the film and it just makes no sense and I was just annoyed. This is the first film in a while where I've I've been very conscious of the role of the director in this a lot more and just what happens when you have one who can't do the job. This Oh, in fact, I think I wrote at the end that I figured out that, yeah, this was written, produced and directed by one person. And it stinks of that. Okay. Yeah, the same person whose name I didn't think to write down. They, yeah, they wrote this story, they produced the film, and they directed the picture. And well, imagine just... when you write this and you're approaching um, people to actually produce and direct it, everyone just tells you to fuck off. Right, it's, that's exactly it. And it, it just, it's like some weird vanity project, clearly, for this person. Yeah, you're not wrong. This is um, Mariah Polera. Yeah, I'm not familiar with their work. Um, so what has she done she produced Falsely Accused Between Worlds and El Matador which is in pre-production so nothing since this film but has got this El Matador which will be coming out Um, I'm not even going to bother telling you when it's coming out because I'm not going to fucking watch it I'm going to try and avoid it because I've been so betrayed here like this not that there was ever any setup that this was good but it's 
and I'm just I'm just a bit I'm just disappointed in in Nick really like this is he's so much better than this and like I say he's he's trying to bring something to this but it's just I wish he'd just grabbed the horns like he should have I wish he'd become the El Matador and just directed this film and said you're not doing a good enough job let me do it but I mean he probably I he wish that he was the Matador and he was gored to death is how I would put this maybe that's the hangover talking maybe it's just fair wow it's, it's really it's difficult to tell at this point um that's probably all I gotta say about this we're running a little shorter than we usually would but man I just Look, you, you, there's only so much shit I can talk about shit you know what I mean this is crap let's get excited about watching Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse yeah I uh I've only seen this film the one time. I saw it in the cinema. I audibly gasped at one of the scenes. It's a, it's a great time. Fun for all the family. I've never seen it, so I am excited. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's good shit. Every it's frame's a pain. good shit. Here we go. Right, let's um, let's get excited for that. Well, that's going to be it for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in to Uncaged Radio with Benny P. And the Fishman. And we'll be coming back to you tomorrow as we drag our feet another day closer to the finish line of this bastard task. I'm going to go and lie down and maybe do a couple more six. (laughs) Goodbye, mate. See ya. you made it to the bit after the music at the end look at you here's a quick note just to say that we do have uncaged merch available now we've got sticker packs there's four great designs two of which are shiny and all of the money raised is going to a really important charity called sari the link to where you can get them is in the episode description that's it now go about your business